Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. Hi, the pain. How are you? And let's welcome everybody back after just a teeny hiatus or hiatus, however you want to pronounce it. We've only been missing for a couple of months, not much. Well, in footballing terms, probably, I don't know. It, it, it's as good as more than half the season because so much has happened in the last two months. Dipen, what are your thoughts on all the things that we missed discussing? Because there's been a tremendous amount of action and I don't even know where to begin. Hey, Chirag, what's up? And yes, as you said, it's only been a couple of months. But in terms of the season, so many things have happened. But doesn't matter how long you're away from. Uh, away, away for just like Coutinho and the Premier League it's always good to be back <laughs> you said it brother it never felt better and speaking of Coutinho and the Premier League before we actually start in, start on everything we missed about the Premier League since you brought up Coutinho I've got a little surprised because someone by the name of Luis Suarez I've heard is interested in looking for a deal now at Aston Villa now that his old buddy Steven Gerrard is the manager over there are we still calling Aston Villa Aston Villa or is it now Villa Pool <laughs> well we can call them Aston Villa but the bottom line is they may never walk alone <laughs> that's true and they may never win for a long time also excuse me <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think it's time to begin. Since we've already spoken about Coutinho and Villa, I think let's begin there because I'll probably be the happiest when we talk about that kind of, you know, Aston Villa right now because they've obviously managed to prize away none other than Captain Fantastic Steven Gerrard from Rangers. They've got the, they've got a new boss in. They've got amazing coaching staff now. They've actually managed in the January transfer window to get a loan deal across the line for Philip Coutinho, who definitely Gerard admires. They've also managed to get Lucas Digne on a permanent deal from Everton, who again, as if 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 articles are to be believed, he's basically there because Gerard's the one that managed to convince him. I really don't know how far the rumours are true as far as Suarez is concerned, but that would be something if that was to happen in the summer as well. So, things looking up for Villa, should we say? They've got Danny Ings in. They've, they've got a good team and now they've got someone that can probably take them forward. What are your thoughts on all these things, Dipin? Oh, absolutely. Lots of positives for Aston Villa. Firstly, with Steven Gerrard coming in, the performances uh, took a step up. They started... Uh, doing a lot better and now with the addition of Dinia and Coutinho and then possibly Suarez, it looks like there is a lot of positives and a lot of optimism in the air at Aston Villa. And we saw how already Coutinho's come in and played what 22 minutes and got his first goal. So, uh, he has as many goals as Jadon Sancho in the Premier League right now. <laughs> Well, 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 I think now that's that. I, I agree with all your comments and, and that that a nice, cute little dovetail <laughs> into Manchester United because let's talk about them for a minute. They've sacked Solskjaer. They've got in Ragnik. You think he's good enough? Do you think he's going to actually change the fortunes of United because he's actually come on a six-month deal as coach, a two-year deal post-coaching as a consultant? The performances have been probably... Average at best, in my opinion. I don't think he's got got along with half the squad. Ronaldo doesn't seem very happy. Not sure how Bruno Fernandez feels. Martial and him have had a you know a rough patch where he said Martial wants to leave and doesn't want to play. 
Martial's come out and said, "Hey, I would have been here seven years. I would never say no to play for United." Um, Pogba, he's he's apparently very interested in Pogba because he thinks after two and a half months, uh, Pogba's training very well, and therefore you never know he may actually renew his contract. Although God knows why United want to give him one. So where do we stand if you're a Manchester United fan in terms of the manager, in terms of where they currently stand in the league? And what do you think is going to happen in the summer? So, Ralf Ragnick, firstly, is very well respected in Germany and the entire club system there. He's worked with a lot of coaches earlier who've gone on to become really good, great coaches even. He's formed systems. There is an organizational background there. But once he's come to United, firstly, he's never handled a club at the level of United. And also, you don't see that kind of bump or new manager bump that you normally see. Uh, So, in fact, United's performances have just been average, as you said, at best. And there is a lot of murmur about the players not liking his style of coaching, not liking his style of play. And there are obvious, obvious, there are major, major question marks over his future and the direction that United want to take. So right now, if Aston Villa is full of optimism, United is anything but that. Absolutely, the pain. And moving on, considering there's so much to talk about and so much has happened, Chelsea, Lukaku. I mean, he kind of dug his own grave by giving that interview to, I think it was Sky Italy, if I'm not mistaken. And sorry if I am mistaken. But the bottom line is, he kind of dug his own grave. He said he wants to probably go back to Inter one day because of his love for Inter. Then he also basically said that he's not happy playing in the current position that he is given that the manager wants to play a different system. Not very encouraging if you're a Chelsea fan. And and I mean, if you're Lukaku, I really want to understand what you're thinking. Because when, when this man came back to Chelsea, he was like, this is my boyhood club. I've always wanted to come back. I've, you know, matured over the years and this is it. And I'm really... For want of a better word, he really said that he's looking forward to kicking ass on behalf of Chelsea. And what, cut to six months later, he effectively said, I want out, brother. I want Inter, where I had a season or two where it was so successful. And I miss Inter and I love them. And and remember, he left Inter literally overnight when Chelsea came calling. Uh, yeah, I have absolutely no idea what he's been thinking and what's going through his mind. But uh, yes, I mean, you could see that his return to Chelsea wasn't as expected for him and for the club and for the fans. He started off well, then fell off a little bit, then injuries, COVID, all of that. He was out of action for a couple of months on his return couldn't find a regular starting uh, spot for Thomas Tuchel. And obviously, there was some friction. But it looks like they've they've managed to overcome that. And he's now been starting games regularly. The performances are still a little bit iffy. And so, we'll still have to wait and watch exactly what's going to happen on that front. But I think as far as Chelsea are concerned, they're now probably fighting for second and third place. So, not their title race is... I think over for now. Well, there you heard it from the house's mouth. Chelsea's title race over and done with. That's that's out. Speaking of which, let's talk about the champions. A belated happy birthday, Pep Guardiola. It, it, it's a title race that I think now just about over, Dipin. You just literally called it. The title race <laughs> is over. And I, I couldn't agree more. They've walked away with, with, with the race. Kevin De Bruyne, a wonderful strike for a 1-0 victory over Chelsea. I believe that uh, in their starting eleven, there was no one that cost less than thirty-five million, other than Phil Foden. And that's not to say that you know 
Chelsea, <laughs> the, the team is full of <laughs> underrated players who just come for free. But that's of course not the case. On the Chelsea bench, there were eight internationals out of the nine players that 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 on the bench. So that 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 just says a lot again about the quality of Manchester City right now because they are that strong. We're we're sitting mid January and we're saying, you know what? They brushed Chelsea aside. The title race all but over. Yeah, I mean uh, that's the thing with Manchester City. Yes, there are a lot of high quality superstars there, but then you take a couple of players out and put in a, a few different players, and they still play the same way. And I think that credit must go to uh, Pep Guardiola. That you know, no matter who the personnel are, Manchester City's level doesn't seem to drop. the kind of uh, game that they play doesn't seem to change they still manage to do that people still know their roles at what place they're uh, supposed to play how they're supposed to play at what point in the game and that really is a credit to the coach and they've put in a run of now what 12 games uh, of 12 victories in a row so that that is they're just putting daylight between themselves and the next best they, that seems right now to be liverpool uh, so definitely liverpool still although they are a few points back they still have a couple of games in hand to narrow the gap but uh, it's it'll still be a tall task to uh, catch up with this manchester city side well with liverpool i dare say never say never you don't know what they come going to come up with they've got i think a game in hand then they've got to go to the etihad and oh maybe two games in hand thanks the pain for that correction then they've got to go to the etihad and what what is the word i'm looking for lay the smack down on Manchester City so that they <laughs> cut the lead okay and the pain i actually think it's it's a one game one game or it, it's one game that they have in hand to city so uh, they're going to go to the etihad win there win their game in hand still be about 5 points behind and say hey you know what we're going to pull a very very long you know undefeated run to the end of the season and hope that manchester city slip up and by the way even if they do everything i just said it's hope that manchester city slip up <laughs> because they're still going to be 5 points behind so uh yeah i i think though it's definitely commendable that uh, liverpool are still hanging in there they are still in with the fight salah's playing really really well of course salah mane all gone to the african cup of nations but uh, uh, i i mean if if i would have you know Klopp, I'd be really hoping that they come back as soon as possible because uh, they are what make the team what it is. Jota is in good form. Chamberlain starting to look back to what he was, considering the fact that they have to give him a run of games because uh, Salamane are, are missing. Firmino is as good as ever. Uh, I'm very, very happy with the overall performance of the Liverpool side. We just need to make sure that there are no slip-ups and go on a strong run. Having said that, I think very honestly, Liverpool finished second, and I will still be very, very content with the season. I don't see them finishing higher than second. Depain. Moving on from Liverpool, and I, I would like to go to London, but before we go to London, let's move to the other side of Merseyside and remember that during the last match, Liverpool, Liverpool, and their fans on hearing 
some news immediately started singing Rafa song. There's still chance of Rafa at Anfield. He's still remembered very fondly. And I mean, he always will. He's remembered fondly by me as well. But the kind of run they went on at Everton, uh, I, I can't expect anything else because it was horrendous. I don't know whether they won what? Uh, even the tw- last 12 to 15 matches, did they win even one? I think one, maybe one or two. That's it. So it, it was definitely the end of the line for Rafa. He always had a tough task at Everton considering he was a former Liverpool manager and injuries didn't help him. The fact that he didn't have money to spend didn't help him and that's what you know people need to remember. This man did not spend in the summer. He's got in what Dimurai Gray and Ross Townsend. Uh, I think his total budget was was I think he'll spend less than 13 million getting 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 players in. So he didn't have his players per se, and they had a tough run and a lot of injuries. So I don't and I know it's not a defense to the absolutely horrendous run they went on, but it's not all his fault. Having said that, from Anfield, yeah, we love you, but from Merseyside, bye bye, Rafa for now. Yeah, I think this this has ensured that uh, the fond memories of Rafa Benitez stick to one side of the town and the other side is not going to have any fond memories because yes, there were all the issues that you said there were, but it, it was pretty much the same side that finished uh, 10th last season and I think this, this, this is a decision that came as a shock to probably no one, not even uh, Rafa Benitez himself. Because the kind of performances that were happening at Everton, it was uh, it was just uh, something that was waiting to happen. Who's going to take over the mess that is at Everton right now? That that is a far bigger question and far bigger issue that Everton fans have to deal with. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because you have there are a number of names thrown into the hat. One of which was, of course. The special one. We can't forget the special one. He himself, at the moment, seems to have distanced himself from the Everton job because he says he's happy with at Roma. Having said that, I don't know how happy Roma are with him. So he really needs to play his cards well if he wants a job. So I don't know what he's doing there by distancing himself from the Everton post. There's also a. Uh, an uh, an Everton legend and a United legend, the one and only Wayne Rooney whose name has been tossed into the hat there. Not done a bad job at Derby County. Let's see whether he's afforded that opportunity. And probably my two favourites are probably the former Everton coach, Roberto Martinez, who actually did a pretty good job over there. But I think he's the current Belgium coach, so it remains to be seen whether he's going to take that up. With the World Cup coming, I don't really see it to be practical. And probably... My favorite for the job, therefore, if it's not Martinez, would actually be Frank Lampard. Yeah, I think the logic stands true. I think Wayne Rooney is still far too inexperienced for the job. Uh, be, you don't want another Ole Gunnar Solskjaer kind of scene happening or what happened with Frank Lampard at Chelsea as well. So you don't want something like that happening. Roberto Martinez, as you said, you're not going to give up your national team as in the national team coach job, so close to the World Cup when you've made all the preparations. So Frank Lampard could be an interesting choice. He he did well at Chelsea when he when he had limited resources. Uh, so this might be a similar situation at Everton, and might be interesting to see how it all works out. Just for the record, everybody, 
I want to say that through this episode, as it currently stands, the pain has agreed with me on everything I've said, <laughs> and that's just it. Just almost never happens. <laughs> Moving on, then to I, I believe it's northeast London, if I'm not mistaken. But you have Antonio Conte there, not really making a big difference because there are problems there as well. He said that he needs patience. He needs to. Overall, the squad, he's not said that in those words in terms of an overall, but it's clear that they may need to make big changes and a lot of reinforcements in different departments on the field. He's struggled to get the results and therefore probably now understands how hard a job this actually is. Therefore, anyone that was on Mourinho's back because of him not doing well at Tottenham, please don't be. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be difficult to paint for Conte. 18 months contract, which means that uh, let's see what happens in the summer because uh, uh, unless he literally gets the money from uh, the money and the backing from 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 Daniel Levy and the board, I don't know how he's going to turn this around. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's a difficult job for him. Uh, but having said that, Tottenham is not really in that bad a position in the table. They, they are at sixth, but they're only four points away from fourth place West Ham. And they have four games over them to still to be played. And they're only two points behind Arsenal in fifth. And they still have two games over Arsenal to be played. So, they, if you look at it that way, for Conte and Tottenham, fourth place is, I think, ripe for the taking. It's, it's all up to them. It's just that their performances haven't been that satisfactory or that that convincing that we're, we're probably doubtful about them. And But otherwise, if you see, everything's in their hands to you know, make this a good, successful season for them. Absolutely. And let's stay in, in London because you've had a good revival and Arsenal continue to, to, to you know, you know, I don't have an explanation for this because they started so badly in the, at the start of the season. I was calling for Arteta to be stacked, sacked and I stand completely corrected because uh, they've turned it around the pain. So, uh, when you're talking about Tottenham Abbott in their own hands, yeah, Arsenal, it's still, there's still 16 odd games to go depending on, uh, on you know, how much you've actually played. There are at least 16 games to go, I would think. And uh, Arsenal can still go on a wonderful run and claim that fourth spot. So, what do you think about Arteta and how Arsenal are looking? Not to mention the fact that Obama Yang may never play for them again. Uh, yeah, I mean, Arteta and Arsenal have been, I mean, after the first three games, uh, there was not much hope there. But they turned it around quite fantastically. And that run has continued. It's had it's, uh, had a few downs in between, a few roadblocks. But I think overall, this season so far has been fairly fairly positive and i remember in the preview episode for this season i i in our predictions i mentioned arsenal in the top 5 and i was laughed at by you but uh, i think i hope that towards the end of the season by the time the season comes to an end that uh, i will be the one laughing because Arsenal will be in that top four. Sorry, I don't remember that. <laughs> Would I ever laugh at you? <laughs> but yeah, coming back to Obama Yang. Obama Yang actually, yes, a lot of disciplinary issues, not getting along with Arteta. And now he's gone to the AFCON and got COVID. And apparently he has heart lesions. So that future really looks difficult. But yeah, I think Arsenal so far have coped 
well without him as well. They'd be looking to do something similar for the rest of the season, I guess. What are your thoughts, Dipen, on the number of cancellations that we've had due to COVID? Because a rumor has it that teams are now trying to take advantage of it. They don't have, they have injuries. They have players sent to Afghan, and they're therefore trying to postpone games to enable their best squad to play. Obviously, it's a rumor. It's a it, it, there is no way to prove this, and therefore the credibility around this questioning is you know there is a big question mark because it's difficult to actually point a finger to anything. Do you think that it is completely COVID? Do you think there's some truth in these rumors? Look, the thing is with how competitive this league is, the stakes that are involved, that every team would max try to maximize their advantage or minimize their damage. No matter which the which team it is, uh, you can say pick any name out of the twenty. They'll all try to get the maximum out of their squad and out of their games, and you know try and find every loophole in every every law. As long as they're within the law, uh, it, they they'll try to do whatever they can. And the thing is, it's actually up to the Premier League now. How to how do you take care of it? Because you have to provide, have to make a provision for COVID. So either you have a fixed set of rules that you know what, no matter what injuries, what uh, what cases you have, you have bench players, you have a junior team, play those guys. You have around 50-60 players on contract for every season. So just play whoever is available or then you go the route that the premier league has gone that saying that you know what if there are a certain number of cases then we'll grant you an a postponement of the match so the premier league's gone that route and the rules are there they're there set for everyone there could be a little bit more transparency but i guess overall i don't see how you can do anything about it absolutely true and now the pain it's probably going to be a couple of minutes till you actually talk uh, so you know take a chill pill because it's time for the chirgi rant it's going to happen having said that guys it's not about paul pogba here it's about all the moolah that's come on time side because uh, they've got new owners the takeover's finally happened eddie howe is the coach at newcastle they've got in kiran trippier hey must be the money they've got in chris wood hey must be the money rumor has it that they're going to get diego carlos from sevilla hey must be the money and oh uh, they also want to try to get lingard wijnaldum mario balotelli just to name a few hey again must be the money they pain what are your thoughts now i'm actually going to let you talk <laughs> yeah chirag absolutely must be the money probably the richest club one of the richest clubs in england but fighting in the relegation battle so definitely a strange strange thing to happen and that's probably what's uh, keeping them from getting a lot of the players that they want uh, apparently eden eden hazard refused a move to newcastle uh, because he wants to go to a bigger club i don't know which bigger club is interested in eden hazard right now but still it's okay <laughs> uh, but it'll be interesting to see uh, they they've probably got a few draws going their way not really still won any major games to you know get up that relegation battle still there and thereabouts and it's very difficult to see them come out of it unless yes they need at least a couple more players 
and maybe there's some hope then i i am very skeptical like you said by the way even a rumor has it that donny van der beek refused the loan move this season because uh, not happy with the position of newcastle as it currently stands in the table uh, it's going to be interesting because for them to climb themselves where they currently are to dig themselves out of trouble it it's going to take a mammoth task because if i look at the table the only people that are, i mean norwich gone burnley the bottom but they have three games but hey they're not doing you know it, it's not like they're going to go on a unbeaten run of 10 games no disrespect to burnley or burnley fan um dilly ding dilly dong the tinker man may be going down if you want newcastle to stay up that's the only thing that i can see unless you're telling me that the blue side of mosey side is going down uh, I, i i actually don't see it very honestly newcastle got their hands full it is possible it's possible that they stay up because it, it, they've still got again 15 16 games to go uh, actually newcastle have i think 18 games to go so uh, they have they have time on their side to turn it around burnley norwich and watford not the strongest team so as long as they manage to actually get these uh, players into newcastle and playing or gelling as half a team as well they 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 have decent players they have allen st maximum they have callum wilson they have fraser or oh, they have shelby they have a decent side so if you put in trippier and and chris wood and maybe a couple of others in defense if you can manage to get them i mean i I'm, i would still think they need some type of a striker but uh, and again no disrespect to chris wood or callum wilson but still and uh, it it remains to be seen how they're going to deal with that situation because it's going to be a brave man to definitely predict that newcastle are going to stay up but i'm going to be that brave man newcastle are going to stay up all right then that's that's the writing on the wall that newcastle is going to stay up so so watford norwich and uh, burnley are going down then absolutely absolutely breaks my heart that we're going to lose the tinkerman to uh relegation i don't know whether he's going to be the manager at watford should they actually get relegated but uh, newcastle will stay up and the pain before we leave i've got a question for you slightly more than halfway through the season what is your top four oh uh, i think the top four is uh, getting quite clear at least the top three now i would think is easy pickings manchester city liverpool and chelsea as one two three top four i'm going to put uh, my heart over my brain and go for arsenal wow <laughs> so i agree again we've agreed that this episode for the <laughs> I think right up till the end right up till you said Arsenal before we agreed with everything but again I I agree with your top 3 but I'm going to stay in London for the fourth place but I'm going to go with Conte yeah well let's see we we have half the season as you said hopefully well I think one of us will be right for sure <laughs> well the writing's on the wall for United fans you're not in the top 4 this season <laughs> Well anyways it, thanks thanks so much Dipin thank you everyone for listening it's been an absolute pleasure we promise to do our best to not keep such a lengthy period of time between our episodes and thank you for controlling or bearing with me during my rants it's been an absolute pleasure Dipin we'll see everyone on the other side for tonight folks that's all she wrote good night and cheers cheers